Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Bart Butler. Bart is a survivor and a thriver. Who grew? He grew up in a tough Washington, D.C. neighborhood in the 70s and 80s where drugs, crime, and death were the norm. None of his brothers lived past the age of 30. His biggest fear is that his fate would be the same. Instead, he received his college degree and excelled in the real estate and mortgage business. He is a serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, and international best-selling author who has founded numerous firms. Welcome, Bart. How are you today? I'm great, Terry. Thanks for having me. Great. I'm so happy to have you because you have such a great message for even for baby boomers. It's it's for everyone, but it speaks to us as well. So tell my audience a little bit about what it was like growing up and mm. how you were able to get out and do what you're doing. So tell us your story. Well, so I was born in 61, very turbulent time in D.C. A few years before the race ride started, youngest of eight, five boys, three girls. My mom was from New Orleans, actually recruited to come to D.C. by Eleanor Roosevelt. She started a program for secretaries, specifically African-American. Wow, I did not know that. Yes, she was turning us out. And my mom was big on education. So she came here, met my dad, was born and raised in Washington. Mm -hmm. His family is St. Mary's County, and he was in the Air Force. And uh, they got married and had eight kids. And so, like I said, I'm the youngest of eight out of the five boys, the only one to live past 30. And as you mentioned, that was one of my biggest fears growing up that I wouldn't live past 30. And I remember to this day when my oldest brother died um, Mm -hmm. and he was 29, just about to turn 30. Mm -hmm. And it was devastating. I was a junior tech in college and I took a bus home and all the way home. That's all I thought about. It was one of upbringings where we were poor, but we weren't, we had what we needed. Mm-hmm. My mom worked for the Department of Defense for 40 years. She really stressed education. We did own IMA. And because my dad was a bit dysfunctional, his full-time job was basically keeping the kids out of trouble. He was a functional alcoholic, but he was there. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of positive things that I, I learned from him and we made it work. Yeah. And we were talking a little earlier about it's better to have a man in the home sometimes, even if he's a little dysfunctional, than no male presence at all. So, and I think you, because you learned things from him. So he was a good influence. Yeah. My dad taught me how to drive. We, I did take a couple of lessons. I went to Dunbar Senior High in DC, mm-hmm. but I used the principal one teach me how to drive. Right. He also taught me how to drink, which was not good. <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Yeah, that's what I mean. You get the hey, gate in the bat. <laughs> but you would have learned that at college anyway, right? Because I would have. <laughs> yeah, that's what college is all about. Kids first are out there the first time. The yeah, <laughs> that's right. But my very first day, uh, quick story. I, I walked in and I'm getting shown around. And I was like, what are they doing? And they said, it's a kid party. 
I said, what's a kid? <laughs> I quickly found out. <laughs> you found out. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I knew what a 40 was, but I didn't know what a kid was. Kid was. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So now you've had this successful career, but you've had a lot of ups and downs. At yes. one point, you lost absolutely everything. So. Right. Tell us a little bit about that and how you were able to recover. Because some people never come back after that. When they've met, they've gotten up to the top and they have all this money and lots of stuff, and then they lose it, they never recover. So tell us about how you were able to do that and give us the background about how you built this huge real estate conglomerate and then you lost it all. So out of college, I got my degree in finance and started working in defense of all things, because my mom said, go to work for the government and get a, a solid job. And I right. did that for three years, hated every second of it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. I came home and said, mom, I'm quitting. I'm going to work for a financial services firm. And she said, well, how much is the salary? I said, well, there's no salary. It's commission. <laughs> and that was a very difficult conversation because she just did not understand. No. But she said, you're an adult. So that began my career in real estate and construction. I, I went from that to selling real estate. And then from there, clients started asking me about fixing and flipping. I started in a development company buying lots. And so from approximately the early 90s is when I was in, in strictly just in mortgages. And I built that up to the point where I was making about, this was mid-90s. Uh, and I'm making quarter of a million dollars. Wow. And I started the company, got overextended. At this time, I was finishing up, basically shutting down the financial services side and focusing strictly on mortgages and then starting to get into real estate. And and I made some bad decisions with client funds. And that's when I lost everything the first time. And the only time I'd ever had any legal issues and I actually went to jail for four months for insurance fraud. Wow. Four months. devastating. Yeah. In the book, Redemption, Grace Extended, The Real Price of Success. You can check it out on my website, thebartbutlerstory.com. I talk about the lessons that I learned, the experiences that I had. It was Kelly jail. (laughs) So it was only 18 month sentence, but we got it commuted to four months. Um, My wife was very instrumental in getting that done. We developed all kinds of systems while I was in there to keep the family going so that we could survive that. And then we could talk about that more in, in the detail. And then, so after that, I got out and started over again. And the thing that helped me get real, that first experience of losing everything is because I grew up with nothing. Right. I grew up with not having fancy cars or big houses or any of that. Mm-hmm. We we had a government cheese when things were tight and, and we just, we make do. So when I lost everything the first time, we made do. Mm-hmm. We just, just got tough and said, we just got to go back to the basics. And I was fortunate enough to build up the real estate business bigger and much better mm-hmm. because by the early 2000s, we were in a real estate boom nationwide. I started a career selling homes, built that up to one of the top 5% in the U.S., and use that money to start getting into fixing and flipping, rehabbing and developing. And so at one time, we had a vertically integrated business enterprise where we could sell your home, get your mortgage, rehab your house, sell your lot, build your home. We were able to do everything under one roof 
And I think I topped out at about 750 in <laughs> annual income. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing great. We had at one point three homes around the country, lots of, you know, trappings, cars and boats and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and when I talk about it, it's one of those things where I didn't really have good, I had no mentors actually. Everything mm-hmm. was just me responding and grinding and reacting and thinking that these things are things that, you know, would make me happy. But honestly, looking back, none of it ever did. It was just my expression of success what I thought was success, which right. in the book, I talk about what true success is. And that's really the story that I want to tell, that it's not the cars or the houses, or any of that, because when the market collapsed in 08, we lost everything. We lost about $4 million in assets. Wow. Most of it was ours. Some of it was clients and investor money. Because we had 60 lots between yep. Maryland and Pennsylvania that we were developing and multiple businesses. And we truly had to start over. We went from that to being on food stamps. Hmm. And, uh, but the one thing that my wife and I did was we, we focused on our kids' education. And that's what I learned from my mom. That's what my wife grew up with in her family because they were kind of like the TV Cosbys, teachers and preachers, and education <laughs> was the, the key. The TV Cosbys. <laughs> yes, 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 right. <laughs> so both of them graduated from private school and that was an absolute must. So nothing else mattered other than that. And uh, it took us about seven years, which is very biblical because in the Bible, seven is a very prominent number. So seven years it took to basically remake and rebuild. And uh, that's where we are today. We use some of the lessons from the past to build our new businesses. They're less based on employees and more on relationships. So we have lots of relationships. We have six family-owned businesses today in construction management and real estate. And uh, we do things mostly on the commercial side. My title would be construction manager, but I've done things like Starbucks, Skechers, Bank of America's, Costco's, all types of commercial projects like that. And this time around is, is, is Mr. John. Obviously, you know, I don't want to start over again. And it's been important for me to, to tell the story. And that's what I do in the book about life lessons learned, what I picked up along the way, and what I want uh, other people to, to learn from my mistakes, my history, my past, and hopefully use that to benefit kids who came from D.C. or Baltimore, and they want to go to Virginia Tech, which is my alma mater, which is a, a great school that gave me an opportunity to come there and excel. And I'm still very active today. I'm on two boards. Oh, that's great. Apex Center of Entrepreneurs. Great. And Pampas School of Business. And I'm always looking to, to give back. So we have a scholarship there that the proceeds from the book go to partially benefit. And I think that's so important. I talk about that in a lot of my podcasts that as boomers, we should be looking to maybe leave a legacy of some kind. And, and it's always different for everyone. But since you benefited from being able to go to Virginia Tech, I think it's wonderful that you're trying to have scholarship money to send other low-income kids to Virginia right. Tech. I think Absolutely. that's fabulous. Yeah. It, it, my, it's a must. It is. My son went to Rensselaer Polytechnic. My so. cousin just started there. This parents took him a week ago. Oh, wow. It's a great school. But RPI? Yeah, yeah <laughs> RPI. But he's turning 50 this year. So he wow. went way long ago. <laughs> well, way he's long ago. playing football and rugby. Uh, Working up here. There you and, go. Uh, That's great. Yes, yes. You have the four point. 
five, I think. Oh, wow. Phenomenal. Yes. That's great. Yes. I we actually looked at FBI when I was in high school. I ended up going to be FBI. <laughs> right, 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 right. Which is, you know, excellent also. Any yes. of those tech schools. Stevens Tech is in New Jersey. My son looked at that. Really? I mean, he wanted to get a little further away from home. That's why he took our right. RBI. Yes. Because yes. that's like five hours from our house. In, okay. um Albany, right? Upstate. Albany, New York. Yeah, near yes. Albany. Yep, yep. So I look forward to visiting. Yeah. My son went to Cornell and my nice. daughter Temple. So we, as I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of experience in Philadelphia. I love going there. Of course, from the cheesesteaks. Yes, yes. The market them. <laughs> that they have. I did miss the fall chips to Ithaca. Right. I found it Hogwarts. <laughs> it is the quintessential Harry Potter town. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I used to have a, a Hogwarts fest. I don't know if this stuff goes on, but they would shut down. Oh, they probably do because there's so many people that would still go. It's yes, crazy. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter was trying to, she was in London for a couple of days and they have a big Hog, Hogwarts fest and all, but she did, couldn't make it. She just okay. didn't have enough time to stay. But oh my God, there's so, so many Harry Potter fans, even today, even after today. all these years. Yeah, yeah, even right. today. Even today. Right, right. Yeah. So in your book, it's you're, it's full of life lessons, all kinds of life lessons, but many of them are good for boomers as well. I think sometimes boomers think, oh, my life is over. I don't need to learn lessons. I'm sorry. You've got to be a lifelong learner. There's lots of lessons. Boomers can still learn. And, and I think in your book, you talk a lot about mindset and mindset yes. for boomers is also very important. So tell me about how mindset helped you get through some of the problems that you had over your life. You know, mindset, I think, has been the key to, to survival, actually. Not so much to success. It's been the key to survival. And I think if you can survive, you can thrive. And if you thrive, you'll be successful. But right. first, you have to start with the mindset of never give up. Uh, Jippy Valvano was a great uh, legendary coach at North Carolina State. He died of cancer some years ago. And he gave one of the best speeches ever on the ESPYs, which is the ESPN Sports Award. Mm -hmm. And uh, you got to look it up. And he, 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 he summed it all up with never give up. He said, you know, a great day is laughing, smiling, and crying. If you can get all three in, you've had a pretty good day. Right. And, uh, right. I, I, I follow that. And, and so never giving up has been my, my mantra, so to speak, despite all the setbacks despite overcoming the need to overcome mistakes that you've made. If you have that mindset that you never give up to keep fighting and you always look to figure out what you did wrong. And that's where I came up with the system called CES, which is contemplate, evaluate, and strategize. And basically it just involves figuring out where you are, you know, kind of assessing your current situation, contemplating, evaluating what got you there and figuring out what it is that you want to do, what do you want to accomplish? And then strategize coming up with a plan to take you from where you are today to where you want to be. And the thing that I always tell folks is this is not a, a one-off. It's something that I employ pretty much every day of my life. Every day I start out with going over my goals and objectives. I contemplate, I evaluate and I strategize and I'm constantly working it because it's a very fluid process. You never really get there like the marathon that never ends. Right, so right. It's just the journey, you know? It's you a journey. I have that mindset that I'm never going to arrive. 
But mm-hmm. I can enjoy the journey. I have, you know, a few of these philosophies that I share with folks. One of them is I'm never ever satisfied. Mm-hmm. I think to be satisfied that lends itself to complacency. Yes. So I may be happy where I am mm-hmm. and working to get to where I want to be, that mm-hmm. CES part, but I'm never really satisfied because then I get complacent. And, you know, you can't, you know, back in the day when we owned a boat, and one thing I learned about boating is it's very difficult to stand still. If you're in a boat, you're going you're gonna to be moving because you got to go with the tides, go with the flow. That's right. So you're going to be going forward, backwards, sideways. Life is very much the same way. It's very difficult to stand still and stay in one spot. So if you're not pushing to move forward, mm-hmm. you could very likely find yourself in a situation where you're going laterally or going backwards. Sliding backwards very easily. Yep, absolutely. Very easy. Very, very easy. So, so that, you know, and again, it, it all starts with the mindset. So not being satisfied, not getting complacent, doing things like focusing on working smarter, not harder. Right. I think we can get to a point where, you know, we, everyone wants to and should strive to, to put in there eight hours or work hard. But the, the key is just to maximize your effort, I think. Right. So I've learned to use my brain and to figure out smarter ways to get the same thing done. So in, in many instances, I'm able to get as much work as some people would take six, eight hours to do. I'd get it done in two hours because I organize, I strategize, I have a system set up. Right. Before I start any task, I actually put it on paper and have a plan of action on how I'm going to attack that. And then I just go down the list and that allows me to get it done much quicker. So again, I'm working smarter. Right. Right. That leads me to do what what I like to call make more work less. Right. So I want to make more money, but put out less effort. And, you know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about that in his his Money Quadrants book about making money while you're asleep. We should all want to aspire to do that and not just for the sake of making money, but to make money, to use it, to benefit others. And I talked about that so much in the book, Redemption, Grace Extended, and Real Price of Success. Again, check it out on the barbarallystory.com. Money is only as good as you, what you get out of it. Right. So with legacy being extremely important, me working hard, it's for my kids. It's for the legacy that I leave behind because, you know, we talked about it earlier. I just turned 61 a couple of weeks ago. And hopefully I've got another 30 years, so 29 years left. I hope. Uh, yeah. really, but one day I'll be gone. And for me, life is all about, well, what did you do with those years that you had? The opportunities that you had, those blessings that you were given. You want to make the, the most of it and leave your mark in a positive way for not only your kids and your family, but your community as well. Absolutely. I think it's so important. And as boomers, you know, if you're retired from your job that you worked all those years, you have a little bit more time to think about what legacy do I want to leave behind and how do I want to leave it? And even if you're just volunteering in the community, that's like leaving a legacy behind. There's many, many different ways to do it. But I think as boomers, we have to leave some kind of a legacy. That's part of 
of what we should be doing. We also have to take care of ourselves health-wise. We have to keep our mind active. We have to keep our body moving. We we need to be social. We need to be spiritual. That we need a little bit of everything every day in order to be a well-rounded right. person. And then you will live to be 90, right? If you're doing a little bit of everything. That's absolutely correct. You know, every day I try to assess where I am physically, spiritually, and emotionally. So those yes. three things make up what I call my, my health quotient. So right. that's how I, I assess where I am. And it's tough. Yes. Some days are, are harder than others emotionally. And, and you try to stay grounded spiritually. And of right. course, keep up with your physical health. And uh, I've got my wife to really thank for that because she makes sure I get all my doctor's appointments. In. And uh, like today, I've got a eye exam. Last week, I had my teeth cleaned. I've got a physical my, my five-year colonoscopy is coming up. These are all things yep. that we have to do so we do maximize right. our time here so that we can leave a legacy. And, and like you and I just talked earlier, right. it's all about staying engaged. And, and it's not just, you know, the mental part, but it's the physical part and the spiritual part as well because we have to, you know, the spiritual part, which I talk about a lot in the book, it gives you your, your, your why, because, you know, everyone wants to know, well, why am I here? Right, what, what, right. What's the purpose? What's the point? It's not just right. to have fun. Obviously, you want to enjoy life, and I try to do that as much as I can, but it's about leaving a, a mark and giving thanks to my Lord and Savior for what he's given me. And I always try to stay right. positive. Yep. I, I think, you know, if someone describes me, they would say, his glass is always half full. Uh, never half mm-hmm. empty, always half full. Mm-hmm. And I think right. going back to what we talked about, we talked about the mentality part of it. Right. That is so important to wake up thinking about your blessings, what you have, not what you don't have, but being thankful right. for that and having that, ru- that right mindset because that's where it all begins. Absolutely. Being grateful, helping other people, even just giving someone a smile as you're passing them, walking or whatever can be so helpful to that person. You never know how meaningful it could be. So there's so many little things we can do. I stop and talk to, I go walking every day. We have a little park here in Doylestown, Central Park, it's called. And I walk every day, but you know, if I see little kids, I stop and talk to the parents. Oh, they're so cute. They're adorable. And then the parents feel good. The kids are smiling. Everybody's smiling. I start with people because that's my chance to be a little social, to be happy and friendly to other people. And you never know what that smile or saying something to that parent means. You know, they might've been having a really bad day and you tell them, oh, I was in, I was in Chicago recently with my daughter because she goes every year for her job. And I said, I'm dying to see Chicago. I want to come along. So I went along and we were sitting having breakfast and there was a parents at another table with two little girls. They were so adorable and they were so well-behaved. So on the way out, I stopped to say hi, you know, that's the way I am. And I said, your children are so well-behaved. And the mother goes, oh, please, you should see them at home. I said, that's okay. All kids act up at home. But if they're well-behaved when you're out, you've got two really good kids. And both of the parents were beaming, yes. the husband and the wife. And he said, thank you so much. They were so, now most people would have just been thinking about it, but they would have walked past. They wouldn't have said Never said anything. But you made that day. Yes, I made your day. You made that day. Just that small human act of kindness yes. and decency. Yes. And I think, you know, as a country, we've got to get back to that. Absolutely. 
We do. Can- we do. The kids were smiling. The parents were smiling. It made everybody's day. Make my day. It makes me feel good, too. Correct. Yes. So everyone gets something out of it. You know, here in, in, in Maryland, they started this years ago, a campaign called Civility. And I think, you know, we've lost our civility. We have. As a we really have. And, and that's evidenced by what's going on today. Yep. And I think we need to get back to that. We need to get back to being civil to one another. Absolutely. You need to be able to agree to disagree. Yes. Discourse. Yes. Without wanting to kill somebody. Right. Exactly. We used to be able to do that. And yeah, we, did. we do need to get back to that because, you know, I'm from a big family. We've always ha- all had different opinions, but yes. we did used to be able to discuss it and now we can't. So I'm hoping that something changes and we get back to that because it's important. It's important. It is very important. We talked about community and that's all part of it as well. So I think these little things that, that you talked about doing, just smiling at people, greeting them. My wife taught me this little thing that she used to do and still does. We'd be at a grocery store, whatever, and people have name tags on. She'd always greet them. And right. Gloria up in D.C., we, we never did that. No. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't as bad as New Yorkers are. Right. But we didn't no. do that. And I used to ask, why do you do that? Right. <laughs> right. she explained it. And I said, wow. And so she taught the kids to do that. I started doing That's it. great. And it goes a long way. People react positively. They do. They smile back. And I think it goes a long way in making their day better. Because there are a lot of people who really don't like their jobs. Right. People they don't, but who, they're stuck. Yep. But they, they're, they're stuck. Yeah. And just that little act of kindness yes. can go a long way to help them, you know, start to appreciate it just if only for a moment. Right. And anybody can do that. It will cost you nothing. Correct. Nothing to do. So I'm always doing things like that. And, and I do. I get a lot of smiles. A lot of people are smiling. So, so tell us again where we can get your book because Redemption is the book that it can help anyone. So I'm encouraging my boomers to go out and buy it and share it with your kids and your grandkids. There's lessons for everybody. Yeah, there's so much helpful information. You don't have to grow up in a bad neighborhood to benefit from this book. This book is all about resilience, coming back, and never giving up, right? That's what it's about. No, you you just summed it up. So the book's called Redemption, Grace Extended, and the Real Price of Success. Right. It's on Amazon. And you can go to my website, LeeBarkBuntlerStory.com, or just buy it on Amazon. And part your proceeds go to benefit my scholarship at Virginia Tech for young Black men from D.C. and Baltimore who want to attend Virginia Tech. Um, I'm so proud of my university, and I look forward to endowing the scholarship so that we can start giving out grants and we can just help a few young people get the opportunity that I was given years ago. Yes. Um, I, I think this, this country, this world, our communities will be better off because of it. And as we discussed earlier, it's part of my legacy, but we all have a legacy. Mm-hmm. And, and in the book, we talk about that. So there's lots of takeaways. Right. And this is a way a boomer can help. Like you buy a book, you're helping someone. So you're helping a black child that might not have the chance to go to that college. So we're able to help in that way just by buying a book. Yes, exactly. And read the story. And I I guarantee you'll definitely find something in there that you will enjoy, that you'll be able to use. Absolutely. I totally agree. Totally agree. So thank you, Bart, for being a fabulous guest. I've really enjoyed the discussion. Thank you. 
I've been doing it very much. Yeah, and I love that your life mission is to build this legacy and help others too. Someone helped you, and now you're putting your hand back and helping others. And the college is helping out as well. So I think this is just wonderful. So I applaud you for that. And I wish more boomers would do that. I'm hoping to encourage them to. But, you know, if you don't know where to go, buy the book. So then you're at least helping Bart's legacy. And that's a great thing too. So. Yeah. And we all have a story. So we do. We do. So, all of our stories yeah, are different, you know, but we, you know, yeah. If you're not ready to buy the, to write your book, right. your story, right. then, then buy the book. And like you said, help give back, but it might inspire you to tell your story as well. It might inspire you, yes, to write your own book, write your own story. And some boomers just want to write their story to pass on to their own family. It's not to go out there and publish it. Like, I applaud you for doing that because it's not easy sharing all of that with the world. It's really yeah. not. <laughs> no, I started pressing it after a while thinking, did I share too much? <laughs> hey, right, right. It's like, oh, no, my God. Man, yes, man. you just laid it all down. But it's great because people connect when you do that. They really do. Yes. I'm sure, well, your your book is already an international bestseller. Correct. We yes. need to get it to be a United States bestseller, That's right? Yes, yes. So please go out and buy it. It's Easy. on Amazon, Redemption, Grace Extended, The Real Price of Success. Check out the website, thebarkbutlerstory.com. Right. And I'll be adding uh, this podcast to the website. Uh, to the, the list, uh, yes, website. So I look forward to that. Right. And, and I'll have all of that in the show notes. So if you happen to be out walking, you're listening to the podcast, just go to the show notes and just, you go to kickassboomers.com. You'll see Bart's picture, click on it. All the show notes will drop down. So you'll be able to see where to get it. But redemption, name, by the way. redemption is easy to remember. So you can also just go right. to Amazon, Click, look for redemption. It'll pop up. Bart buy Butler. it. Bart and you'll get it. Yeah, please buy it. Share it. Share it with your children and your grandchildren because they're life lessons that will really help. If they learn them through BART, they don't have to make the same mistakes themselves, right? Right. Excellent point. There you go. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank Bart. You, this Barry. has been wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so it. much. You're welcome. Right. Thank you. All right. See you soon. I'd love to come back. Okay. Yes. We'll have you back again for sure. Okay. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.